Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Red Sox On Deck Podcast, episode number 29. I'm your host, Bob Osgood, joined, as always, by Shelly Verstraight. Shelly, what's happening with you this week? Um, Nothing too uh, too crazy. Uh, kind of like some really odd things happening uh, personally. Um, but, um, yeah, um, honestly, like the worst thing that is going on is the state of the Red Sox currently. Um Hasn't really been a good, what, half week? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. At least we can relate on that. Yeah, it's been been rough, and uh, hopefully we can... I know all of our other podcasts on the Over the Monster Network are covering that, so we're going to, you know, change gears a little bit with our guest today. Uh, Joining us is the voice of the low-A affiliate of the Red Sox down in Salem, Virginia. Um, also, also works for the, for the ACC, ACC Network, network covering baseball, baseball volleyball, volleyball, and Olympic, Olympic sports. sports. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Voice, Voice of Radford, Radford Basketball. basketball. Uh, welcome, welcome to the, to the show, show, Mr. Kevin, Kevin DiDomenico. Kevin, Kevin, what did I leave out? Thank, thank you for joining, joining us again. again. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. No, that you, you pretty much covered it. Uh, yeah, I'm a senior at Virginia Tech right now. And, uh, yeah, heck of a season with the with the Salem Sox, my second in professional affiliated baseball, but uh, definitely one to remember. And thank you so much for having me on again. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Kevin, Kevin joined uh, Keaton, Keaton and, and I on, on the Red, Red Sea pod, pod a few months, months back, um, but, but it was, it was super, super entertaining, entertaining and, and so much has changed since then, since then with, with the Salem, Salem system and a lot of really, of really interesting players, players that, that have been promoted, promoted to that level. level. Um, as, as well as, as were drafted, drafted in, in uh, 2021 that have been promoted there. So, uh, you know, we're, you we're going to we, we get into get some, some of those specific players, players in a minute, minute but, but the season, season as, as a whole, whole Kevin, you know, Kevin, you know Salem finished 71-49. Obviously, excellent record. Um, obviously, with excellent the record. limited playoff uh, structure the that they limited had this year, that they had this short year. seasons, you know, most, short of seasons most of the levels only had two teams make a finals only playoff. playoff. So close. Salem was so close. We talked about it a little bit on our pod the last, pod, the last couple of weeks. Uh, unfortunately, uh, lost four out of five to lose out, to lose out on, that on that second spot to Down East on the final day. I guess to start, can you talk about the season as a whole from a positive Perspective, perspective and some of your your, your favorite your favorite memories and of course and of you course can talk, you can about, talk that about that last week as well as well if you'd like, if you'd like. yeah absolutely um, first off the Salem organization was you know one of the best organizations I've ever worked for really great people up and down the whole system um, uh, want to give a shout out to Alan Lawrence the general manager give me the opportunity to work with them and it was uh, definitely a season to remember um, I'll tell you the last maybe week or so was was one to forget for the Sox but uh but we were able to, we were able to do so much with the team. Um, we developed socks talk, so we did interviews. I don't know if you guys saw that. We did inter- interviews with um, three players a week, and the manager Luke Moth. We do our manager report, and I got to know Luke, who was fantastic. I'm sure uh, he'll move, move up the organization if possible. Um, but really good guys throughout the whole organization, and uh, you know, ended on a sour note. Um, uh, tragic note, actually, down up six to one in the sixth inning when it was a winner go home situ- situation and ended up uh, falling nine to seven. But uh, a really good season for the Sox and a lot of good players came through there, and I'm, I'm excited to talk about some of them. Also, the Red Sox are up one nothing against the Orioles right now. I know you guys were talking about the last couple of days, but I just checked the score. It's they can hold on. We're in the fourth right now, but we'll see. We were, we were ahead, ahead in the fourth yesterday, yesterday and uh, sorry, so how that turned. Bad memories. I shouldn't have brought it up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm bringing a, bringing lot, of a lot of negativity. negativity Shelly, bring us up a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll try. try. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, you know the, the, the whole the season, the season as a whole um, was, was an extremely uh, great record. You know, like Bob said, we finished the Salem Red Sox. Uh, finished 71-49. 
And, and I, know I know a lot of the players uh, had, had kind of moved on to double-A um, as the season went on. Um, but, do um, but do you think the players and coaches are, do you think they should be able to, like, kind of, like, look at the season as a whole and, like, look at the record and say, yeah, yeah, we did great. Or do, or do you think, think that like those, those those last couple of losses in that final week um just just really, really made the uh the, the season kind of like just in on a sour note just really kind of like unsuccessful you know, you know what i'm saying? saying yeah no i think uh the staff and the players definitely look at that season as a success um you can even look at the opening day roster and see how many guys moved up to high a um and had the opportunity there and that alone was success success i talk so much about uh, Luke Montes and his ability to develop these guys and his ability to coach these guys, you know, throughout their uh, journey through the organization. Because it's essentially first half, you have a team, second half, excuse me, you have another team. So his ability to manage a winning team through the first half to keep him, keep us in it. And then through the second half to make that playoff push was super impressive. So I think for him, I think it was success. It was a success and the coaching staff, um, but again, you look at guys like Stephen Scott, Joe Davis, I mean, obviously Nick York, guys who were able to move up the system. That alone is what we're here for, right, guys? The development of these guys and being in playoff contention was a cherry on top for the whole organization. So uh, far and away, uh, definitely a success for Salem this year. And you look at the first two games, I think we lost by a combined uh, 15, 16 runs to Lynchburg. Um, so my head i thought it might have been a long season but uh they really proved me wrong throughout the throughout the remainder yeah yeah uh, uh, i know shelly's still looking for her uh joe davis jersey so any connections that you have <laughs> kevin um, would really would really be appreciated, be appreciated there. there i'll see what i can do i uh see if we can arrange something all right, All right. Appreciate, appreciate that. that. Um, let's, let's start by talking, by talking about, about the rotation, rotation a little bit. bit. There was a lot of interesting names in the second, in the second half, half of the season, season you know, varying, varying levels of potential. But the rotation really um, ended up looking good down the stretch. They had uh, Wilkoman Gonzalez, Shane, Shane Drohan, who was a 2020 pick, uh, Bradley Blaylock, Chi Young Lu, and Wyatt Olds, who was a seventh rounder uh, this summer. Uh, starting with Wilkelman Gonzalez, he was one of the biggest prospect risers in the organization this season, really jumping up a lot of lists as we've seen the year go on. Uh, was at the Complex League for a little bit, um, which began at the end of June. So, you know, he really pitched well early on to get the call to Salem by August at only 19 years old. Uh, uh, I know Port yeah. said he has a strong arm, arm can kind of get into, into the mid to mid high, high 90s at times. What did you, what did you see, see from him in his, his four-star start Salem, Salem promotion? promotion? It's funny you mention that because going into his first start, I knew he had the power with the fastball. Um, but one thing that surprised me in his couple starts that I saw was the breaking ball. Guys, it was super impressive. His ability yeah, not only yeah. to locate it, but the 12-6 action on it was, was uh, I mean, it was up there with any of our pitchers. So that's what impressed me the most about him. And he was effective. He got out of some tough situations. He pitched in some big moments for Salem down the stretch um, during the playoff push. Uh, so he's one guy that really stood out to me. A lot of, a lot of promise. He's a guy. I mean, we talked earlier on our, uh, on the podcast I came on, earlier in the season. But he reminds me a lot of Aldo Ramirez, um, a guy who can kind of control the zone, and throwing that breaking ball for a strike and when he needs to get an out. So he's fooling a lot of hitters, um, and at such a young age too, right? To have the command of that zone, and be able to throw a breaking ball for a strike, is uh, something you don't see a lot from 19-year-olds. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. At nineteen, we really hadn't spoken, spoken about him a whole lot. He was kind of a name that came, that came out of nowhere that we noticed early on in the complex league. He was yeah. throwing five, five innings, and the, 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 the numbers were outstanding. So it's good, good to see. see. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so, so out of the, the, um, the, the, you know, the, the rest of the, of the crew, uh, Jordan, Blaylock, Lube, and Olds, um, who, who impressed, impressed you the most? Um, I think they all had different, uh, you know, I guess they were all there during different times, right? So, Drohan's a guy who's with the squad, uh, for the whole, the whole season, so he was probably our more stable guy throughout the whole season, probably our go-to guy for the most part. Uh, Lou joined us late and a lot of excitement about him. He had some tough starts. Um, I guess the first inning got to him a couple times, but he settled down throughout. Um, but he was solid. Um, you mentioned Wyatt Olds as well. Olds was a guy who came on super late for us, but had a nasty breaking ball. I was able to talk with him uh, during our Sox talks as well, an Oklahoma kid. Um, but I think a lot of promise for him. And then Gonzalez, as I mentioned, was probably the most surprising out of the whole group. Um, but they're all super interesting. Did you mention Brett Blaylock too? Yep. Yep. So Blaylock, I was a big fan of Blaylock as well. He's a 32nd round pick, I think, back in 2019. Um, but he was a guy who struggled a little bit. I think he was, his ERA was about four, five, four, six. Um, but he brought that down. Had a really solid month of August and September, and strung together a couple of great starts. So I always joke with him. Um, but he had, I think, two or three starts where he got two straight wins, then a no decision, but went like 15 innings in those three starts, gave up one run. And we do a player of the game um, on wins, right? So I was like, he could be player of the game in all those starts, but his buddy and his roommate at the time, Nick York, was hitting like two home runs a game. So I was right. like, he keeps stealing these player of the games from me. But uh, no, he was a good guy, and he was really solid down the, down the stretch uh, as well. Yeah, yeah, he didn't give up more than, than uh, three runs, runs in, any in any of his last 11 starts. starts. And, of course, you know, you're not going, going as long into those games. A lot of, you know, zero, one earned outings. outings. So, so you can definitely, definitely see you got stronger as the year went on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, any, uh, other any other arms, arms whether, whether that be, that be um, someone you saw earlier in the season or anyone out of the, out of the pen, pen uh, there is a, a different late-round pick we're going to talk about in a moment from earlier in the season. But any other arms to keep an eye on? Uh, I don't know if you guys wanted to touch on this, but Cody Scroggins is a guy who really impressed me, not only by his stuff, but I would have opposing broadcasters come up to me and tell me, yeah, our guys do not want to see Scroggins out of the pen tonight. Um, and he doesn't wow you with his height or his, you know, the bird's eye view, his stuff, but uh, he was a guy that definitely gave uh, opposing hitters some fits, and he was impressive to me. Um, we mentioned Walter. Uh, Ryan Fernandez we talked about I think before we went on air he was a guy who impressed me I think he gave up I think it was 14-15 appearances where he didn't give up an error to run and uh, I said why isn't this guy getting moved up he, he eventually did but um, yeah. yeah he's another guy who impressed me too yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Walter, Walter, Walter has, has really, really been, been the guy um, that has really, really impressed me. Um, we had a round table on over the monster, monster I think. I think it was last week of like who was like the prospect that like totally just shocked you or whatever. And Walter was my guy. I mean, he was a 26 round pick. Um, and, um, and you know, he was pitching in relief um, in the first half of the season that he starts, made some starts and he just and totally, he just, totally just blew my mind, just blew my mind. Uh, uh, 
Uh, I'd never expected, I'd never expected this, this from him. From and, him. I mean, and I mean, I remember, I remember uh, a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, Keith Wall, um, over at the athletic over at the was athletic also was also talking about him. How he impressed him as well. Um, um, were, you were you surprised about kind of like kind of like how successful Walter was? Um, you know, you know, starting, starting to make some starts, starts, and then you know, pitching, pitching in Greenville. You know, you know he had a three seventy ERA and his twelve starts, thirteen strikeouts per nine. What, what, what do you think about, about Walter? Well, it's interesting. He's a six-two guy coming from the left side, and he's a little bit deceiving too. I wouldn't call him a sale. I'm trying to put my finger on it who to compare him to, but you know, he almost delivers like from a lefty. It'd be really hard to pick up. So I think the month of June really showed what he can do. Um, he had under a one ERA and over 20 innings pitched. Um, and that really impressed me. And then came his, his call up right at the end of June and early July uh, to high a Greenville. And then he kind of got into a starting role, right? So he started two games with the Sox. I think they wanted to see him in that starting role. And then to bring him up, to put him in that starting role with Greenville. He got hit a little bit in the month of July, but really, really settled down in August. Uh, and through September, to, particularly in September, where he had a .6 ERA. Um, so I think he had to adjust a little bit to Greenville. But, guys, he was a guy who came out of the bullpen with Salem. And I think in that month of June, it was like he's shutting it down. And you could, you know, early in the season, we talked about this before we went on air, but earlier in the season, you could probably look to a bunch of guys that could do that for the Sox and led to some of our success in our playoff push. But he was one of those guys that really stood out. I'm really excited for what he can do. Yeah, he's, yeah, got, he's the, got the, the uh, called call strike and whiff rate that's up around, around 35 36%, which is um, so impressive. And, and yeah, there's, yeah, there's always a place for left handed pitchers, pitchers that, that whether it's as a long reliever or a lefty specialist, or, or you know, I guess, I guess probably as the ceiling of a back of a rotation, rotation starter. starter. Uh, I don't know, I don't know if there's anything that you saw or if you've talked to any scouts that see a certain path for Walter, who again, 26 round pick, so it's really coming out of nowhere here. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it. There's a couple of guys like that, like Devin Rodal, um, relatively late round pick, I guess, too, um, and Ryan Fernandez, late round pick. So, you know, these are guys who really impressed, and uh, I think it's looking up in terms of the, the farm system for the Sox and their arms. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, getting getting into, into some hitters, hitters uh, a couple, a couple of, recent of recent draft picks made their, made their way up to Salem. Salem. In the, in the second half, half of the year, of the year. Uh, you uh, weren't able to see, to see the top pick, pick Marcel Meyer yet, yet. Uh, but, you but you did get to see their, their second pick that they were, they were able to sign, which was actually, was actually their third round pick, uh, Tyler, Tyler McDonough. Um, um, really, really seemed like some good, good reports good. coming out. He hit 296 with a 397 on base percentage at Salem. Uh, good plate discipline numbers, you know, 14% walk rate, 19% K. Played a little infield, outfield. What did you like about McDonough in the 27-game sample, um, really on both sides of the ball? Yeah, uh, I was able to have Tyler McDonough on one of our Sox Talks episode, and he uh, he always went through the whole NC State situation where COVID shut him down when they were on the brink of winning a College World Series. Um, so you can imagine his you know energy to come in and play baseball for a team that was you know in a playoff push. So I asked him, I said, you know, what's one thing you're going to bring to the Salem Sox this year? Um, that's going to help him with the playoff push. And he said, I'm going to hustle everywhere I go. And that might sound like a cliche response. Sure, but, sure. I mean, boy, boy, did he hustle, right? I mean, played center field. It's it's hard to uh, top state on Rafaela out in that A position, but he almost did it. He got to so, so many balls, um, and uh, he definitely brought it. Um, hustling on the base pass as well, and definitely gave us a spark down the stretch. 
Yeah, yeah, and and, and, and that, really that really is a lot, a lot that we've heard is just kind of doing a little bit of everything, maybe more of a, a sum of all parts player, player uh, from, from offense and, and stolen, stolen bases, bases and, a and a few of those, and just, and just uh, delivering, delivering versatility, versatility defensively. Um, so, you know, you know it, it could be a player that, you know, you know I think guys like Chris Taylor in the major leagues now that could play a few different positions, offer a little bit of power and get on base. Um, you know, you know, they might not have the highest upside, but third, third round—that's a—that's a, that's a, that's pick, a pick that can really, really work out yeah. for you. Super athletic guy could get to a ton of balls. I remember a, a ground ball. He's playing second at the time. Again, utility guy could play anywhere, um, but kind of ate him up right when he got to Salem. I was like, oh, that might be an issue, but he started making some spectacular plays <clears throat> over there as well. So um, defensively, he's gives it his all and is able to get to some balls that you wouldn't expect him to get to. 22 years old, too, so you'd expect he'd be in high A um, next season and maybe move up to double A at some point. But, uh, I, yeah, 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 I think he's a super athletic player. Yeah, uh, yeah so, so Nico, Nico Cavadas was another one went in, went in the, the believe, 11th round um, who just has, has a ton, ton of power. power. And, and really we're really hoping that, that things work, things out, work for out for him where he's, where he's, you know, he's kind of that first baseman, baseman offensive, offensive first profile that, that doesn't, doesn't always, uh, uh, it is probably a big reason why he slipped to the 11th round. But what stood out to me was his walk to strikeout ratio, which was 15 to 13. Um, combined, combined. He, had he had eight walks, walks in his seven games in Salem after uh, being, being in the complex league, league for a little bit. bit. So he was a 22-year-old so at low A, but was a, was a college, college draftee. Um, did, he, did, he, did you get any, you get any looks at him? Did he look polished enough to start next year at a higher level? How comfortable do you think about us? Yeah, he did. So he played with us. He started, what was it, I think late August, maybe August 25th-ish. And his power was shown right away. I remember one... Uh, one ball he hit way over the right center field wall, and I thought it was just a lazy pop-up, and that's the way I called it, and it just kept on carrying and carrying, <laughs> and uh, and it's gone. And it, and I asked him right after, I was like, did you know that was gone? He's like, yeah, I've hit plenty like that. Right. Um, right. So s- tons of power. He's been compared to David Ortiz. Um, oh. No. Yeah, yeah, I know. I think it was by his, his, his coach at Notre Dame, so I don't know. But uh, – Hit 429, small sample size in September. Didn't have him down the stretch uh, for a couple reasons, and uh, it was tough to not have him. But he was he was really good when we did have him, and um, no, he's a good player. Definitely a lot of upside. Sure. Uh, so, uh, so another guy who kind of like made his debut um, in Salem, Salem. definitely like last, last, last month. month. Uh, uh, Brandon Monachi. Um, he, um, he had 224, 269, 327, and 13 games in September. September. Um, um, and, and he really split his time between shortstop and second. And kind of with Mayer and and York kind of looking like they got like the shortstop second base locked up um, well, we can't forget about Matthew Lugo as well. He was a guy who, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think he started every single, not every game at shortstop, but every game I called at home at shortstop until that final series when Bonacci got a couple of uh, couple of opportunities. Um, you know, I think he plays a little young right now. Um, he was really, really solid in the field defensively. His bat is a little bit further behind, I think, his fielding tool, but um, 
really, really solid in the field. One thing he, he impressed me on was uh, his arm from shortstop. Really, really strong arm. He got to balls in the hole that um, a lot of guys wouldn't get to and was able to gun it over. So I think your question about him being able to start at third, definitely not an issue. Definitely not an issue um, in terms of the arm. He's able to get things over there. And uh, he also had Blaze over there at times, too. So, um, But, uh, no, Bonacci impressed definitely in the field. I think a little bit behind on the bat, but solid uh, solid prospect going forward. Yeah, and yeah, at 19, and 19 years, years old, as you said, said smaller. smaller. I mean, he's um, listed, listed at 5'10", 164. There's probably, probably some... some uh, they'll probably, they'll probably have him in the weight room a lot in the offseason, and that would be a level that he would repeat for a year, for a year at that age. So, so um, you know, got a little taste of that, that and knows what he needs, needs to work, work on, on, but it's good to hear that the, the, defense the defense is there, there uh, a little, uh, a little bit. bit. We uh, uh, talked last, last time on the Red Seed a little bit about Roberto Jimenez. And, and I look at, I look his, at his overall stat, stat line, you know, 306, 306 average, 64 runs, 56 RBI, 13 steals, which, which in an age, age 20 season at low A, low a seems right? like he did what he was supposed to do, to do you know, the decent, decent for sure. For sure. Um, you know, there, there are, are a couple of other things that might have to do with, with, with splits and, um, you know, strikeout rate from different sides, things of that nature. But do you think that Jimenez did enough this season to keep the hype as a top prospect in New York? Because... You know, he, you know, he came, came into, into the season, season as on some lists, fifth, sixth, sixth seventh, seventh, and you don't, you don't hear as much talk about him as you do, as you do uh, some, uh, of, the some of the other players. players. So, so do you think he did enough to keep, uh, that, to keep hype. that hype? Um, yes and no. I think, I mean, based on the average, I think you have to still look at him. I, you look at a lot of those hits, I think if you watched every game and guessed his average, it wouldn't be 306. It would probably be lower than that. Um, but he gets right. infield right. hits as a speedy guy, and he's playing in low A. So a lot of the hits he's getting in, you know, our level won't translate to high A, double A, and most likely triple A and, and the big. So, um, but you have to look at that average, and he has to still be a top guy. No, in the sense that I think other guys may have surpassed him. I think we saw a ton from Sadon Rafaela, who wasn't highly touted at the beginning of the season and uh, cracked the top 30 in terms of the Sox organization. Other guys at the corner, Nick Decker, uh, impressed as well. And then obviously Tyler McDonough. So a couple of guys have come up and kind of surpassed him. He's been the whole play, the same player, I think, the whole season, really. Um, but still an impressive player. I don't know if he's top five at this point when you get um, other outfielders that have come into the system and impressed the way they have. Mm-hmm. Um, but still a guy to look forward to. I mean, he hit 306. He's 20 years old. Not a lot of guys can do that. So a guy definitely to keep an eye on. Sure. Sure. Yeah, yeah, and the, and the uh, you know, you know we've kind of mentioned, mentioned him a bit, a bit uh, prior, prior to this. this. Uh, so Dane Raffaella, Raffaella, you know, he run, he he won the defensive player of the year through the entire Red Sox, Red Sox minor, uh, minor league, you know, organization. And you mentioned, and you mentioned him a lot. Um, and you know, when you were talking to Keaton and Bob on the Red Sea podcast a couple couple months ago. Um, is, there, is there, I mean, he's I mean, hit, hit 10 home runs, runs uh, 20 uh, stolen bases, bases, played 102 games, games in Salem. Um, do, you um, do you think there's any growth in that? that? I, mean, I mean, he hit 251, 305, 24 in his age 20 season. Yeah. Um, I think there's a couple of interesting that. I think, so I I talked to a couple of scouts about him because he's such an interesting player. He's a you know short guy, not a big frame. We talked, he played in the Little League World Series when he was 12 years old, 
Uh, he was under five feet and, you know, didn't weigh a whole lot. So he was signed by the Sox four years later um, and obviously grew a ton, but still a small guy. One thing that impressed me late was his power. I mean, I think he hit four or five home runs in the second half, maybe six, um, and he really showed his power. But, you know, scouts have said he needs to uh, cut that swing down. He, he says swing's way too long. Um, but defensively, guys, it, I mean, he, he won defensive player of the organization for a reason. He got to balls I would never think he would get to. Um, I mean, you can hear it on some of my calls. I just I lose it because I'm, it, it's really ridiculous. I've never seen a guy do uh, what he does. And, again, a young guy, but um, I think he needs to shorten that swing up a little bit. And uh, definitely a lot of speed. Like, we didn't see his speed as much. I think it was overshadowed by Gilberto in the beginning of the season. But he was able to beat out some infield singles as well. So that speed is definitely going to play a part. And um, I'd say maybe ceiling of a fourth outfielder. We'll see, though. I, you know, if that bat, if he can start swinging it the way uh, the way I know he can, I think uh, there's some there's some Devers potential in him. Well, that's very that's interesting. Very interesting. Um, um, you know, you've you mentioned, know, you mentioned a, couple a couple other, other hitters. hitters. Um, um, you, know, Lugo, you know, Lugo, I know, I know that there was a... Brief parents from, from Blaze Jordan, Jordan um, brief parents from, from Nathan Hickey, Hickey. Um, any, other any other hitters throughout the throughout year or down the stretch that you got a good look at, look at um, that, stood that stood out to out you or you, or you think, you think could, be, could be interesting, um, um, either, either a recent drafty or a player like, like Lugo was there, was there for the whole year. Yeah, I didn't see a ton of Blaze, but his power is obviously there. Young guy, too. I mean, he. 18 years old get, coming into the organization it's you know right. he's facing 21 22 year old guys I know at one point Delmarva had a 30 year old uh, rehab guy who's played in the bigs and has over 200 innings in the bigs and he was facing a guy 12 years younger than him so obviously a lot more experience on the pitcher's side um, but I think Blaze needed to get that experience definitely hit some towering drives in his time in Salem um who else? Who else? You guys mentioned um, Nathan Hickey. Yeah, he was yeah, only there, he was for, only a there for a few games, games right? Yeah, he was. He was. Didn't see a whole lot of him as well. We actually had him for a Sox Talks episode, though. Really good guy. Really fun personality. Um, obviously showed we can do it, Florida. And uh, yeah, didn't have a big sample size in Salem, but you know something to look for. A fifth round guy in twenty twenty one. We actually did an interview with uh, with sunflower seeds in because we were talking about what our favorite sunflower seeds are, and I was like you. Want want to do the interview with seeds in we can address that i guess the <laughs> really fun guy and um yeah yeah again we didn't see his bat a ton but someone to look for next year i assume he'd be in low a next year yeah, yeah. Uh, uh in terms, in terms of, of you know you know for the fans, for the fans of, salem, of salem you know, you know anyone anyone that you have on your, on your radar, radar watching, watching 2022 i don't know whether you'll be back, back calling games, games next year or um, just, just kind of a preview, preview but i mean there's, I mean, there's one, one obvious one that i can think of, think of but, but, but anyone, anyone that you um just just are looking forward to seeing a person that you didn't this year that might be lower in the organization um meyer right is that who you're thinking of yeah, that yeah, was who was. Yeah, <laughs> on the same page there. Um, yeah. yeah, he's obviously going to be the, the most highly touted guy coming into Salem. I'm trying to think of guys who are going to stay there. You know, I don't know because a lot of our a lot of our starters I think are going to get the bump up to high A. We'll see what Nick Northcutt does, but he was a super interesting player. He had a great September, um, and he kind of dealt with an injury a little bit in August, and 
but uh, kind of started to get his back going the second half. But boy, could he knock him out of the park! I think he had 14 homers. I don't know about 13 to 14 home runs. He's a guy who really interests me. If he gets, um, you know, 100% healthy and really goes all into next season, I think we uh, we could see some some big things from Northcutt. I think Decker moves up. Um, I think Angel Meta, a guy we could look at. You know, we saw him through half the season. He's got a ton of speed, and he had a great September as well. I assume we'll see him in Salem as well. Um, Anthony Flores played third for us a ton. Um, yeah, he signed for a ton of money, and uh, we'll see what he does. I think he'll be in low A next year as well. We'll see. And um, yeah, you got yeah, to be, be looking at, looking at North Cuts numbers, numbers again. again. He, had he had 17, 17 homers and 77 RBIs in 96, 96 games. So. so I remember him telling me once, line. Line. he said, you know, I, I need to get to 12 home runs this year. And uh, boy, did he surpass that! I remember him getting a twelve. He's like, "Yeah, that was." I definitely over, under undersold myself, but uh, yeah. yeah. No, he, and he's got a ton of power. He's got a ton of power too. So we'll see about him. And who am I saying? We'll see if Lugo's there. I, I really don't know what they're going to do with Lugo. He was. I don't know how many strides he made uh, this season. He was around two fifty, I think, all year. So I, we'll see what they do with him. I think he has a lot of potential. I think his build is there. Um, was the nephew yeah, of Carlos yeah. Beltran? So I don't know. We'll see what we'll see about him. And then, um, you know, I'd like to see McDonough move up, but we'll see if he stays there. And then behind the dish, Alex Arrow, another interesting player who is uh, is out of Northwestern, and he's a college guy too. I think we might see him move up, but uh, his bat was interesting down the stretch. Again, had a great September and came up some clutch moments. So he's a mature guy behind the plate too. Um, who else? Alan Marrero struggled a little bit in August, and uh, he wasn't with the team in September. Um, but uh, no, I think Salem has a lot to look forward to next year, and it's you know led by guys like Blaze Jordan, and obviously, as you mentioned, Marcelo Meyer. Yeah, yeah. Shelly, I know you, know you want to cap it off with, with a, a uh, final, final question, question for Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I mean, I, mean, I, I haven't been, been to Salem, Salem since 2019, stupid, you know, COVID yeah. pandemic yeah. thing. Um, are there, are there any, any restaurant suggestions? suggestions? So, so next year when I go up to go see, you know, Meyer and everyone up there in Salem, give me some restaurant suggestions when I'm up there. Well, where are you from? You're from Virginia. You're from somewhere in Virginia? Yeah, I'm just outside of Freshman. Okay. So I think the go-to spot is Mackinbox, which is about two minutes from the stadium. Um, so you can try that. There's also Awful Arthur's. Um, I mean, I don't want to give a bad review to Awful Arthur's. I've never been there, but it's seafood. And uh, I don't know how good seafood is um, in Salem, but you could try it out. I have heard mediocre <laughs> things. We'll see. I mean, I don't want to give a bad review to there. Uh, but there's, there's a ton of places. Uh, Mac and Bob's definitely is the highlight. So definitely check that out. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's probably the place to go. Awesome. All right, awesome. awesome. Kevin, we, Kevin, really, we appreciate really appreciate you joining us. us. Um, do you want to promote, promote your Twitter or any work, work that you've got going on this fall and the various sports, sports that, you're that you're calling now that the season's, season's over for Salem? Salem. Uh, yeah, no, uh, my Twitter is uh, it's at KDDO5, and not a whole lot of content. I think Sox fans would be interested right now. I'm just going to be doing um, some select ACC Network gigs, and then Radford Basketball's tips off. November 1st. Um, so I'll be doing that on ESPN+. Plus. Um, but uh, go Sox. Always be a Sox fan. I'm looking forward to 
next season as well. So thanks guys so much for having me on. It was a, it was a ton of fun. Yeah, no, th- th- this, yeah, was no th- th- um, this was great. This was great. I am a, a you know, I am a mid-major college basketball fan. Might try to catch a Radford game. Right yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's get um, you as a Radford fan. <laughs> Happy to jump <laughs> on board. Happy to jump on board around us. Gets closer to March Madness. Winthrop has been the big rival in the Big South Conference, so we will see. They took the cake last year, but COVID year, you can't count that. No, 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 no. Asterisk, of course. Asterisk, yeah. All right. Well, All right. Thanks well, again. thanks again. Uh, you can, uh, you can find me at Bob Oscar 15 on Twitter, Shelly at Shelly B underscore 643. Find Kevin at KD05. And um, appreciate you joining us. us. We'll talk to you all next week. week.